The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. Who knew that biodiesel had its own day, Andy Rice? Well, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you woke up this morning and stretched your arms and said, oh, great, it's International Biodiesel Day. Now, I'm not quite sure no, what you do with that age. <laughs> Diesel has had a very up and down sort of career equivalent in the, in the motor industry, and they've just about got themselves sorted out. And along comes electric vehicles, which require no diesel or petrol. So it's all a bit confusing for them. So maybe, maybe this day will uh, slowly disappear over the horizon and... Uh, uh, it might be the last of the international biodiesel days for a while. Well, quite possibly. Or uh, biodiesel's got to be better than the other stuff. Now, listen, um, your talking point this evening, I mean, sweating the small stuff. Talk to me about sweating the small stuff, because uh, often it really does make the difference between life and death for a brand. Yeah, Bruce, it certainly can. And um, it's... It, not enough marketers spend time looking at the finer details of their brand and saying, how can we improve the perception or the, to use the current jargon, the customer experience? Um, because frequently it's the tiny little things that cost a, a couple of rands, which makes the difference between loving the car and not. I, I, uh, I can still recall that when I first uh, drove a Subaru, um, it had a little compartment in the head in the roof lining specially designed to take sunglasses and oh, i God. thought that's brilliant no longer do i look down the side of the chairs side of the front seats trying to find the glasses that slipped away they're up there in their safe little locker room and it's those kind of details that make people talk about brands as i'm doing about subaru right now but the the case study if you like that i'm particularly uh, amused by concerns um one Stuart Walsh, who must be amongst the most loyal Mini drivers in the country. He had a, a Mini Cooper, a, a regular Mini first when it was first launched, and he upgraded steadily to a Mini Cooper and a Mini Cooper S, and then a John, whatever it is, a JWC, um, the, the works model, which is the highest performance model. And he says he will probably get an electric Mini when it comes out, but not thanks to the little detail experiences that he, he had. And uh, it's a longish story, so I'll try not to, to, to get sucked into it. But basically, when collecting his Mini from a, a, a dealer where it had been serviced, um, it was also shared by its, its uh, colleague, its fellow brand in the, in the lineup, namely BMW. And one of the things that Mini drivers are quite sensitive to is the implication that they're, they're Mini drivers because they can't yet afford a BMW. And in in Stuart's case, it certainly wasn't the case. Um, but he was given the, he, while he was there, he bought some merchandise from the, from the mini counter and uh, was given it uh, wrapped up suitably in a BMW carrier bag, which <laughs> caused Stuart to <laughs> And he, his story is, is well written. He's in advertising and he, he, he knows his stuff. And he um, essentially, um, decided there and then that if they if they couldn't give a mini bag or a, and, and take the car for a mini service and do all the mini things, then he'd rather have a blank bag than a than a BMW branded bag. <laughs> so a certain amount of inter brand warfare within the BMW stroke mini group and uh, those. No, but if you the look at the like, if, if you look at the prices of minis today, Andy, um, 
you really can afford a BMW uh, if you can afford a Mini. The prices have gone stratospheric and the cars are lovely and the design is lovely and the design ethos is lovely. But you have chosen the Mini. You have chosen that brand over the BMW. One has got a British heritage. One has got a German heritage. Not that we're going to mention the war, but it is a fundamentally different proposition. Um, and it's it's you either you love one or the other. And you know, but by <laughs> being so blum and thoughtless on something so seemingly small, I think Stuart is absolutely spot on on this. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and that's really the great thing about brands; they are functionally not dissimilar. And I. Don't uh, tell too many people, but a, a Mini is basically a BMW 1 Series with a different a different body on it. Um, uh, and uh, what differentiates them is the attitude that is being displayed by your selecting that brand, by your driving that brand. And the BMW driver is a particular icon, and the Mini driver is a particular yeah. icon. And you really should allow the two to blur, and Stuart is right. Yes, he is right. Well done, Stuart, <laughs> taking the blank bag. Now, can is it possible, do you think, in the world of advertising, to have a hero and a zero that is one and the same, or at least related? Yeah, related is, is the way I'm looking at it. I'm going to start with the zero, which I'm going to award straight away to the uh, combined non-efforts of government and the industry that I'm in, advertising and marketing, uh, with one or two exceptions, uh, and our hero tonight is one of them, but their complete failure to do anything visible to staunch the flow of vaccine hesitancy. It seems that we have now peaked in terms of uh, actually administering vaccines, and there's a real, real risk that we're going to end up with a, a surplus when for so many months the debate was about not having enough vaccines. And uh, really, they're open open to the uh, to the government and advertising industry are three real routes. You can either go through coercion, um, which is I see from a release in America today that uh, the Biden administration has chosen to insist that legally that um, all members of the defense force and all members of uh, federal uh, departments, any, all employees of federal departments have to by law, have the injection or weekly tests, which must become a real pain after a while. So that's the kind of coercion route you can take, which can backfire as it as seems very easy to imagine that people will object more strongly to uh, to the vaccine if they are forced to take it um, than uh, when it's still voluntary. The second option is incentivization. Um, and and that's, uh, as the name suggests, that's encouraging people with some kind of reward to uh, have the vaccine. And, um, uh, you know, a, a number of examples have been quoted in the media about lottery tickets and free beers and all sorts of things. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I think the real problem with incentivization is that you often end up giving the incentive to somebody who is going to get themselves vaccinated anyway. It's a bit like discounts in your supermarket. You see that there's 30 rand off Aquafresh, and so you take an Aquafresh, but you would have probably bought Aquafresh anyway if you're, if you're prepared to, to buy it on price. So you do end up kind of giving away your own bucks and your own incentives. But the third one is the one that really counts. It's the one I've grumbled about for so long, which is uh, what we call motivation, which is coming up with a message that people can buy into, which says 
Um, here's a very good reason why you should want to have a vaccination rather than be compelled to or be seduced by a free lottery ticket. Here are reasons why you should uh, you, sh you should go for the vaccine voluntarily and with enthusiasm and go for your repeats as necessary. And that is, is a challenge. It's the most difficult of all to find a motivational story that um, will encourage people to go voluntarily for the vaccine. And I've seen nothing from, from the industry, nothing from government, with one exception, which is our hero tonight, which is, um, and it's not, I have to say it's not the only exception, but it is currently my favorite, which is from um, Savannah Cider. And it's a, um, a piece of, of audiovisual content, which I think will probably have been confined to social media platforms. I'm, I'm not absolutely certain. I haven't seen it on television. Um, which points out the positive side effects of the, the vaccine and makes the point that your, your, your life will be so enhanced if you, <laughs> if you are contributing to the vaccine, knocking the virus for six. Um, it's a marvellous, marvellous so piece of work, and I think we should hear it, Andy. Let's have a quick listen, and then we'll wrap up. My friend. Hi, man. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Nat here to talk about the vaccine. More and more of my fellow South Africans are getting theirs, but there are some who are still worried. It's understandable. But I'd like us to consider some other side effects of the vaccine. The ones that we can be absolutely sure about. But for it to taking the vaccine may lead to living your very best, best life. Serious. The vaccine may lead to increased relaxation and hugging. Who remembers what that feels like? It's like a, a hearty plate of mohod, man, for your soul, you know? <laughs> or increased socialization with your friends and loved ones. Old school chesanya. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about the mask on your face or getting any of the sanitizer onto the meat. <laughs> and traveling again. Never mind interprovincial. I'm not talking about the free state. Maybe free start me. I'm talking about finding yourself in a free state. Reclining on the beaches of Jamaica, man. I and I, I... So please, guys, when it's your time, register for the vaccine and get vaccinated. It's our best shot to get things back to normal, whatever normal you want it to be. Isn't that lovely, Andy? I mean, I just think it's just this wonderful, uplifting, uses humor as a tool, and it is truly magnificent. And very restrained branding. There's a lot of yellow cues in the pictures, but which is obviously a Savannah color. Um, but there's no crass intervention where it says "brought to you by." It's just um, that's a, very clearly Savannah piece. Absolutely, but not not with a, a, a mm. beating you around the head with a wet blanket. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's uh, much more subtle and much more refined and restrained than that. No, it's it's a it's a great piece of of branding. It's a great piece of advertising. It's a socially responsible piece of advertising, um, and you know, we've got a new health minister now, uh, third one in three months or thereabouts. Um, maybe Minister Parlow is going to be the person who says we need to start communicating and communicating sharpish, better, with a little bit of humour. 
Well, um, what, what's the expression um, from your voice to to my lips, God's my ears, lips, or whatever the my lips, my lips. Um, sorry, say that again, Bruce. My lips to God's ears. That's the, I think the saying, Andy. Oh, that's the one you're looking for. My apologies. My apologies. I, I shouldn't embark on these little, <laughs> uh, uh, adventures if I don't know how it ends. Um, yeah. So uh, the, the new health minister. Yeah. Well. Uh, I don't think I'm holding my breath, but I would be delighted, and I would be quite prepared to award him a bunch of zero of heroes if he <laughs> were to, uh, to that change of policy and direction on behalf of government communication. And a bunch of zeros if he doesn't. That's the threat, Minister. Andy Rice's heroes and zeros sought after on the heroes front, feared on the zeros front. You don't want to receive those. Listen to Andy. Andy Rice with heroes and zeros. That's uh, every Tuesday evening at this time.